Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Dare to Self-Care. I'm Jen, lifestyle YouTuber and your host of this podcast, where we dive deep with insightful guests to find out how self-care has played a role in their success. Welcome to our community. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our community. I am back in New York. It is literally perfect weather right now. It's 50s and sunny, and I love it. I'm sure so many people think it's way too cold, but I just feel like it's true New York when it's cold, but I know I'll be complaining very soon, so I'm just enjoying the 50s of it all. (laughs) And I got a new cord for my microphone, so it should be back to normal audio quality now. Let me know if there are any issues, but I think all is well. My cord broke, so it would like wiggle out of the microphone and then it would start sounding like my airpods and it was just kind of a mess for two episodes there not sure if you noticed at all probably shouldn't be calling attention to it but it is what it is and i'm happy to be back with good audio quality so let's get right into it with what was in alignment for me this week and what was out of alignment for me this past week and as always you guys reflect on your ends as well So for this week, I actually have a workout class recommendation, which I'm excited about because that's obviously how I got started in social media in general. So it's called Mind Body Project. If you follow me on social media, then you already know about this place. It's right by my apartment, like could not be closer. Honestly, it's like a five block walk away. If it was any closer, I wouldn't be able to wake up in the morning (laughs) before taking the class, but it's like a perfect little eight minute walk. And the studio is just beautiful. Like, the vibes are amazing. The people are so nice. Like, I just, I get the friendliest energy around there. Everyone is so nice. The founder will actually be coming on the podcast very soon, in a few weeks. So stay tuned for that. I know I'm always curious about how people actually start and open up workout studios. It's a totally different type of business. And, like, you don't even have to be a personal trainer to open one up and We all know this is something I'm very curious about and interested in one day, so I'm very excited. So not to get into their story too much because we will talk about it all in a future episode when Chris, the founder, comes on, but in general, the studio is just such a great vibe and obviously so convenient for me. So it's meditation, TRX, strength training, and then meditation again at the end, and it's so hard. Like The class is so challenging, so hard, but I feel like I'm really building muscle because I'm using dumbbells and trx which is new for me and the meditation and the cool down it just keeps me coming back for more no matter how hard it is and i just feel like it's very rare to find a hit workout and something super high intensity and cardio and strength training that's really hard that also focuses on mindfulness and cooling down and coming back to your breath and It's just really rare, so I'm loving it. And I actually tried it out at first just to review on Instagram and my YouTube channel, but I ended up falling in love with it. So feel free to check out my reviews on YouTube 
and Instagram to get a glimpse into the workout and the studio itself. Also, I do have a code. If you are in New York, you can get your first free class. It's a single credit class only, so you can't use it for a package or anything. But if you want to come in, try out one class, you can use code GENMBP for one class free. I don't get money or anything if you use my code. I don't make money off of it, but I have the code. So feel free to please use it. A free workout class. Whenever I have tips for that, I will always be dishing them out. So I love that I can just give you guys a free class directly. So if you do try it out, definitely let me know. That is my current fixation, if you will. If you listen to OK Sis, you know where I got that from. Okay, (laughs) so let's go into what was out of alignment for me this week and This is really more like a growing pain, I like to think of it as, so it'll be okay, and I think it's a really good thing. Sometimes you just have to sit in discomfort and know that something bigger is going to come from it because something always does when you put yourself out of your comfort zone. So I, well, first of all, I feel like I can't film in my apartment. It's too dark. It's too small. There's no setup that really works whenever I try. I also don't have a desk right now. So anytime I put myself in front of a white wall with a plant, it's just like, meh, like boring. So I think once I get a desk in here, I'll be able to make it work. But right now it's just not been great. I filmed a few the other day in front of the exposed brick wall, which I thought would be really cool, but I just don't think it matches my vibe. It's a little dark. So you guys will let me know. I'll ask you guys over on the community tab on YouTube for your feedback and we'll just keep figuring it out. But because of that, it's it's kind of pushed me to try to think outside of the box and film more videos out in the city, even without like the sit down reviews at home, like the workout class reviews. I'm going to get like a separate microphone that, you know, clips onto your shirt. So maybe I can film more reviews out in the city, maybe in a park after I take the workout class, I can give my review. I don't know. I'm trying to think a little more out of the box. And I think at the end of the day, these videos will be way more intriguing and interesting to watch. But these videos take a lot more planning. So I'm going to be doing a five best coffee shops to work from in New York City. I want to do a lot more of those types of videos, like best winter activities in the city. But it takes a lot of planning to like, go to all the coffee shops, reach out to them, have a videographer to like follow you around. It's just a totally different beast, different equipment. You need a microphone that'll clip onto your shirt. So I'm just a little overwhelmed by having all these ideas, but trying to execute them while also having like 17 jobs. (laughs) Ethan and I have been joking a lot about, I just have so many jobs right now. So another job I just took on (laughs) is I'm also now helping Shelby Church. If you don't know her, she's huge on YouTube. She is so sweet. I met up with her a few weeks ago. She vlogged it, so I know I can speak about it. It's in one of her vlogs. We met up for coffee, and I'm going to be editing her vlogs. I've edited a few a week by now and producing some upcoming projects with her. So I just with all of these jobs that I think are really going to help me, like this one, I'm learning so much from Shelby already. I think even with that microphone that I keep talking about that goes onto your shirt, like Shelby showed me that in our first meeting together where she was showing me how to work her camera. So I'm learning a lot. But because of all this, I think I'm looking to hire a professional videographer and an editor just to be able to focus more on the creating and handing off projects to professionals to take hours off of my plate. 
I think I've had a limiting belief that I just finally actually Scout's book, The Emotional Entrepreneur that I've been reading has opened my eyes to this limiting belief. I haven't been able to really like pinpoint limiting beliefs that I have, but this one I have. So it's that I feel like I can't spend money on my business and on my brand and on my content until I'm making a ton of money from it. And that's just been my limiting belief. But I'm shifting my perspective to it's actually an investment and you have to spend money to make money and it's going to help me grow and create better content and help my mental health and free up some space, especially now that I'm editing a few videos a week for someone else. Like I need to have someone else doing mine. It's not going to run me broke. It's not that expensive. It doesn't have to be paying, you know, the most expensive, luxurious editor in the city, but I can spend a little bit. And I'm trying to just cope with that while also finding the right people and struggling with where to film and all of that all mixed together has just been, you know, stressful. But I think it's a transitional period. I think it's just growing pains. I really do. I think once I nail having the right team down to help me go film out in New York City and then edit that content, all I have to do is really plan it out and show up and do the hosting and like plan the production of it all but someone will edit it film it and I think that'll just free up a lot of space for me so this is a new groove a new idea a new strategy new videos so it's all a little overwhelming when I really have so many other commitments to dedicate my time to that I can't I feel like I don't really have the mental space to figure it out but I'm trying and that's why you know I'm trying to just really laser focus on that and not have too many distractions while also, you know, dedicating my time to my other jobs. So if you know of a reliable editor who gets it, you know, gets YouTube, gets the podcast space and would help me out like in a timely manner on a weekly basis, please let me know. I need someone who's just like good and professional with their turnaround time, but also gets it like editing a YouTube video and a podcast. It's like you need to understand the space. So especially a videographer, that's something I'm really hoping to find if I could find a videographer who gets it and has their own equipment. Like I don't even have to purchase these microphones and all these things because I can just hire a videographer who shows up with the equipment. That's the goal. So I'm trying some people out, which also takes time and we'll see what happens with that. But Again, growing pains got to sit in the discomfort to grow, and I hope you guys are doing the same. (laughs) So let's breathe in what was in alignment for us this week and breathe out what was out of alignment for us this week. (sighs) Okay. Let's introduce our guest of this week. Her name is Amanda Wan. She is a podcaster, the host of Behind the Girl Boss. So if you're interested in entrepreneurs, YouTubers, and like interviews with those types of people, that's literally what she does on that podcast. So definitely go head over to her podcast to listen. She gets the most amazing guests, which we will dive into. She has a YouTube channel. She has a candle company. She has a social media agency. She is just a jack of all trades. I can't even keep track of everything she does. She is the definition of a student female entrepreneur. So she has so much to offer us, and we just have a really candid conversation about the realities of being a content creator and trying to make it and balancing all of these things and the slow growth and all that goes into that. So some topics we get into is how to set goals as a content creator, how to not let the numbers and analytics get to you, how content creation actually helped her overcome depression and anxiety, getting past bullying from starting a YouTube channel, opening up about sexuality online and actually coming out 
on the internet. She came out to her family and the world in the same day, so we'll dive into that. How to deal with burnout, the importance of a mental health day, and how to work up the courage to ask big names to guest on your podcast and how to land those dream guests on your podcast with confidence. So... Before we get into the episode, I did want to let you guys know, I'm sure you know by now, but Spotify now allows you to follow podcasts just like on Apple Podcasts, you can subscribe. So definitely go follow us over there. And they also let you like ask questions to your community on there. So I've been asking some questions, some polls on Spotify, which has been fun to dabble with. Last week's episode, not last week, I had a bonus episode a few days ago that I was just trying out. I uploaded one of my YouTube videos onto the podcast so I just like as a little bonus the audio is not the best because of that but again I'm going to get these new uh mics on your chest so I'm gonna hopefully just always record every YouTube video I do with the mic on my chest so I can upload it as separate audio as a bonus episode when it makes sense like the last week's one, How to Get Out of a Rut. I think that makes perfect sense for this podcast. But if I have that separate microphone, I can just upload the audio without any music, without it sounding like a YouTube video. So another thing I'm working on. So you can see why I need some help. But head over to Spotify. Also screenshot this. Post it to your Instagram stories if you're loving listening to this podcast. If you're binging it, share it with a friend. It only helps us grow this community more. So without further ado, let's get into the episode with Amanda. Hi, Amanda. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I love when I can finally have like my internet friends on and just talk for an hour (laughs) and have an excuse to talk for an hour. (laughs) Basically, yeah. Same. Exactly the same thing. (laughs) I love it. Okay. Well, you have to start with your top self-care tip that has played a role in your success. Honestly, I would say – I don't know if this is self-care, but I would say journaling like every morning. That's – for sure self-care. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like ever since I started journaling, like almost every morning, I try to do every morning, but it's not realistic for me. Um, I can tell like a difference in kind of my mood. I guess it just like starts me off on the right foot. Yeah, I've been loving journaling these days. I honestly never journaled in my entire life until recently because mm-hmm. I just like didn't know how and it always hurt my wrists and I was just like, eh, not my thing. <laughs> but I started journaling recently And it really helps you understand yourself and you almost don't realize the benefit of that until you actually do it consistently. Yeah, 100%. So do you do like the morning pages? Do you like what are you doing? Like this is everything that happened today. Like what are – because I think that people get sort of intimidated by journaling. I actually want to have like Mm -hmm. a journaling expert of some sorts on the podcast and trying to look for one. So if you know one, let me know. I I like to share that there's so many different ways of journaling. So do you have like a specific yeah. way that you journal? Um, So I usually journal in the mornings. Um, And what I do is I just go on Pinterest and I search up like morning journal prompts. And then I pick like some that just like speak to me that morning. Um, I feel like yeah. sometimes I try to do free writing, but then like, I feel like I think more if I have prompts to go off of. I like that. I've actually rarely ever done a prompt. I feel like, didn't you just start incorporating mm-hmm. that into your podcast, like yeah. a journal prompt every week? Yeah. I love that. So you just go on Pinterest and then choose one? Yeah, basically. <laughs> That's such a good idea. Okay, I'm going to do prompts this week for sure. Okay, great tip. Um, So obviously, like I gave an intro of who you are, but 
you do so much that, and it's such an inspiration, but I just can't keep up with it. So I want you to just like list out everything okay. that you're doing. So sometimes I forget things. Um, so I do YouTube. Um, I have a podcast. Um, I do like I don't know. I do Instagram vlogging, but like not the best right now. Um, I also <laughs> like reels. You mean no? Like I try and do like you know like fashion Instagram posts and stuff like that because I like fashion. But it's oh, just like blogging. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought you said vlogging. <clears throat> no, okay, vlogging, got it. Yeah. Got it, got it. <laughs> um, I also am in school full time. Um, I'm studying communications at Concordia University. I have class today. Love that for me. Um, what else do I do? Oh yeah, I do freelance video editing, podcast editing, and I also do social media management. Um, and then I also do a part-time job, so. <laughs> and candles. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah, I don't even – I always forget something. I always forget something. That's so And crazy. I also do candles, yeah. Okay, so I want to ask you because you do – people say to me, like, my friends think I do a million things and, like, I don't have time for everyone, but you do way more than me. <laughs> I mean, it's just, like, wild to me because I feel like I can't take on anything else and you do – so much and I just think it's like a personality thing like some people really thrive just doing a million different Mm -hmm. things including myself so I do get it but I'm curious like is there one thing that's like your your main passion that you're drawn to the most or does it like ebb and flow um it like sometimes I'm like oh my podcast sometimes I'm like YouTube I think it just changes with how I'm feeling like that week um but let's say I had to give everything up and I can only do one thing I think I would just stick with YouTube because it was like the first thing I started and it kind of everything branched out from there. Um, But yeah, yeah. I thought you were going to say that because (laughs) I find it you're like the epitome of you're clearly doing it out of passion. You know, Mm -hmm. when you hear like these big YouTubers advice, it's like you're not going to make it unless you're truly in love with YouTube because it's a long game. And I think you and I both know that it's a very long game, like viral overnight success is not realistic. And that's not what you should Mm -hmm. be doing it for. And I just feel like you've really been in the epitome of like, I'm doing this because I'm passionate about it because I love it. And I really, it's also I'm curious if you agree, like, it's kind of addicting like getting to the next threshold it's like oh I reached 4,000 now I cannot wait to reach 5,000 it's like addicting (laughs) like you just want to keep going yeah that's literally me right now I'm like my goal for 2021 was um 10k do I know if I'm gonna hit it I don't know but like I feel like also as a creator just having like goals too kind of motivates you to keep going too so like that's why I always like think about the next thing because everyone's like oh just live in the moment but like I like to think about like hitting those other goals. Right. Like, yes, live in the moment and be present, but it's also great to be goal-oriented. Yeah. Do you have, like, a goal-setting technique or, like, (laughs) do you, like – are you one of those people who, like, sets goals every single month or every single week or what's your your goal-setting tactics? Yeah. So I set them every month. Um, Some months I'm like, okay, let's be realistic. Some months I just, like, shoot really high. Um, But at the end of the day, like, sometimes – at first, when I started setting goals every month and I wasn't hitting them, I was like, oh, my God, this is so, like, unmotivating. But afterwards, what I started doing is, like, I write out my goals and then at the bottom, I write, like, where I started off that month. And then even if I don't hit all my goals, just seeing that there was growth and, like, everything just makes it better. Yeah. 
Hannah Ashton was on my podcast recently and she was mm-hmm. talking about how she only likes to set goals that are in her control because for so long she would do like a subscriber goal. And at the end of the day, yeah. you can't control if someone clicks subscribe, but you can control mm-hmm. being consistent or posting two times a week or whatever it is. Yeah. So I'm I'm sort of – I don't – I haven't goal set in a while. I've been like – I'm still organized, but I feel like I – summer is so distracting. Like, <laughs> you oh, know, yeah. like I feel like I was so consistent, like – lockdown there was nothing to do like I was like on it Mm -hmm. and then I've just gotten so distracted and I haven't set any goals or anything and when you just said that your goal for 2021 was 10k and like who knows if you're gonna hit it it reminded me so was mine and it's about to be October and that just gave me (laughs) yeah like yeah I was recording a podcast and I was like it is literally or was it a podcast or a YouTube I don't even know what it was anymore but I was like, there's literally three months left of 2021. Like, I hate that that gives me anxiety. I like, I really yeah. didn't think anything of it. I'm like, yeah, it's September, like right after summer, that's what comes. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, wait, when I think back to what my goals were in the beginning of the year, it's like, ah. <laughs> but uh, to yeah. your point, looking at where you started and how far you've come instead of thinking about did I hit the exact goal mm-hmm. or not, it shows you that you did progress and there was growth. And I think that's just – a testament to like mindset and social media we can really get just caught up in the numbers and it's it can like just now I hate that I even just said like oh my god so anxious I didn't hit 10k yet but like it's really it's not just like oh it's about the numbers and and that like I don't believe that the mother the numbers equate to my worth as a person but when you're working towards a goal Mm -hmm. yeah it can be sort of like disappointing when you don't reach it so how because you've been on YouTube for like how long have you been on YouTube consistently like four or five years so how do you cope with when you don't hit those goals or when because it is an ebb and flow on YouTube with numbers like there's going to be big periods of growth and big periods of stagnation so like yeah do you is there anything that you do or always come back to when you feel that the anxiety of the numbers or the goals that you set is is becoming a point of like contention for you. Yeah. So sometimes I'm literally – it makes me anxious. And it's really like makes yeah. me sad to say that. But sometimes I get so anxious because I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Like how are these people like getting to this and they started after me and I'm still here, blah, blah, blah. Like it constantly plays in my head. So I don't really have a good technique of what to really do because I still like struggle with it. But like the main thing I do is I remind myself like, okay, like – You started off at zero and like I have 8,000 now, which is like still a lot of people. Incredible. Even if you have – Four years. (laughs) Like even if you have like 50 or 100, that's still more than zero. So like that's what I try to remind myself and that like everyone's like growth and journey is different and that I can't be comparing myself to everyone else because they're not me and I'm not them. So that's like what I kind of try and remind myself, but it's still something that like I struggle with. And even like bigger creators – um. I've had some on my podcast and they're like, they have like a hundred K 200 K and like they still feel that same way because they see other people getting to million and they're still like at 200 K. So I feel like, unfortunately it's something that <laughs> probably never stops. Um, but just trying to like learn how to deal with it and learn that like your worth doesn't equate to like what number you see on the screen. Yeah. I come back to that too. Cause when I think about two years ago or two and a half years ago, when I was, 
at like, I was, I just remember the struggle to get to a thousand subscribers. It felt like Mm -hmm. eight years long. Like I would wake up every day and just scroll and scroll and be like, okay, did I get one more subscriber today? Like Mm -hmm. it was such a long process. And now almost being at 5,000, I'm like, that's what I have to come back to. Like you would have killed for 1,000 at one point. And now we're like trying to hit that next goal and it can be so toxic. And I hate to, I don't, you know, this this podcast is all about positivity, yes, but it's also about being real and relatable and, like, mm-hmm. it's not always going to be – like, self-care isn't always inspirational. Sometimes it's just, like, talking through the hard stuff. Yeah. And that's why I'm already loving this conversation because, like, it sounds so silly from the outside. Like, oh, we care so much about, like, mm-hmm. getting to the <laughs> next threshold of subscribers, but, like – it's not about the subscribers. It's about how much work and genuine passion we throw and energy we're throwing into this work. You want to see some sort of reward yeah. at the end. And like, I think that's only natural yeah. no matter what you're doing, if, whether it's promotion at work. Like if you're putting all of your energy into something and you want something so badly, it's going to consume your mind. Yeah. And I feel like like you said, like we work so hard. Like people think like you just film a video and then you edit it like for five minutes and then it's up. Like that's not how it works. I know. So like, yeah, like putting all that energy and that work and that time, like obviously we want to see something in return. Like I'm not saying like I need to get 5,000 subscribers from one video. Like obviously that's not realistic, but like, you know, just something, <laughs> you know, just like two subscribers. I'll take anything. <laughs> Yeah. And it's, it's not even a negative thing. Like for me, and I'm curious what your goals are. Like mm-hmm. I genuinely want to build a community and like a genuine one. Like I don't really want that viral overnight success, although it's so tempting. Mm-hmm. I genuinely believe in like the gradual engaging growth of a community because that's how you really form a community that's loyal and can help each other out. And like, I'm a part of so many Facebook groups and even like how I met you through Natalie's Patreon community. Like mm-hmm you make friends within the community and like I would love to build that. So I'm curious like what are yeah. what are your goals? Yeah, so kind of the same like I've loved making friends through YouTube. Like when I first started YouTube, I didn't think you can make friends off of it cuz I'm like, oh, everyone like lives so far away. But now that like we're older, like I can obviously if COVID wasn't here, I'd be able to travel more, but like it's just so weird cuz like I have yeah. you in New York, I have friends in LA, I have friends like in Europe. Like it's just like so cool to like see the community that you can build and the people that you can meet through the internet that you probably wouldn't have met otherwise so yeah my number one goal is to really just build like an engaging community because like you said also um people can have overnight success but at the end of the day like those people can come to that one video subscribe and then you'll never see them again and I think it's rewarding to see like the same people commenting on each of your videos and like see them coming back I don't know. I think it's cool. Totally. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Because when I see like that there's a recurring person who's always Mm -hmm. commenting and saying like, oh, I've been waiting for your video or, oh, your apartment's coming together so well, Mm -hmm. like as if they've been watching for weeks. It's really cool. It's like you can actually get to know them even just through the comment section and then it carries over and you start DMing each other and like it's really cool how you can create a community outside of where you live and like those yeah the the confines of like your school or wherever you are it's Mm -hmm. and it's also people that clearly you can relate with and it's crazy that like there are people we we can relate with in a different country like me and you and we would have never had even known that or realized that had we not put ourselves out there online Mm -hmm. yeah and like where I live I live in Montreal 
And like, there's like a entertainment industry, like there's YouTubers here, but there's not many. There's a lot more like in the States. Um, so yeah. it's like 99% of my friends that I met on YouTube have been in the States. Um, so it's cool because like here, I just feel like, yeah, I obviously have friends and stuff, but I don't have a lot of friends that do the same things as me. I get it. Yeah, yeah. So it's like nice to have people that get it, even if they don't live here. Yeah, it's true. I felt so alone when I first started it. I felt like no one was going to understand what I was doing. Mm-hmm. But like I, of course, had best friends and family who were excited for me, but I didn't really have anyone mm-hmm. to truly talk to about it until yeah. I got involved in other YouTubers' communities. And it's uh, that's what that's what's so rewarding about creating one yourself. And I'm curious, like, how has your mental health been affected by YouTube? Because I know we talked about some negatives. Are there some positives from putting yourself out there on social media or more negatives? Like, I'm just curious. Mm-hmm. I feel like everyone talks about mental health as it pertains to like scrolling on Instagram so much and stuff. But what about like putting yourself out there on social media when you're yeah. also not like, I don't know, like Alicia Marie yet either? <laughs> like the in between. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, backstory um, before I started even posting on social media and stuff, um, I have like, I was diagnosed with like um, a depression and social anxiety. So, before jumping into that, I already had that um so I kind of started using YouTube kind of like an outlet to express my emotions and stuff like that so honestly mental health was the reason why I started um YouTube so it's helped me in different ways yes I'm still like it has affected me negatively but it's also affected me positively so like if we think of the positive stuff like it's helped me kind of get out of my like shell a bit more because I used to like be that person in class that like never spoke and like never wanted to talk to people and things like that. So like see like being able to put myself out there like really helped me in that way. And then gaining like a sense of community helped me my like depression a bit. Um, but there's always gonna be those days where like I think comparison is like what kills me sometimes. Just comparing yourself to everyone, like like you said, I'm not Alicia Marie, I'm not Remy Ashton, like I'm not like on their level. Um God, do I wish. Yeah. <laughs> um, Just kidding. Be you. <laughs> um, so I feel like validation sometimes is something that affects me a lot. But at the end of the day, like I don't know how much it has affected me just because when I started this, I already kind of dealt with things like that. It has gotten better and I had like making friends online has really like helped me and like just putting myself out there, like I said, but I don't know how much it has helped or how much it has affected it. I think that's huge. I know for me, I've never been as confident as I've been since Mm -hmm. being able to actually post that first video and keep going. And like the fact that I've kept going Uh, my confidence is like through the roof now Mm -hmm. compared to what it was before that. And like the nerves I had to post that first video where now it's like, I'll launch a podcast with no fear at all. But like (laughs) launching a YouTube channel is like the biggest like thing in the entire world. So when you say that you started for your mental health and depression, can you like dive into that a bit more? Was it because you needed an outlet to express yourself? I also imagine like being so shy you would have those same nerves Mm -hmm. going on YouTube and like what if people are gonna see so can we talk about that part of it yeah so when I first started I didn't tell anyone I posted it and I was like let's like because okay so I had two YouTube channels I first and what was it what was the first one so I had two YouTube (laughs) channels the first one I started was in high school and that's when I like I didn't have many friends and like I just didn't 
I didn't know who the heck I was. Like, I was just trying to figure out who mm-hmm. I was and all these things. My first video on YouTube ever was a Justin Bieber fan video, which is very embarrassing. <laughs> um, I don't even know what I was doing in it. It was kind of like, it wasn't like a music video, but it was like talking about Justin Bieber fandom and like very embarrassing things. So mm-hmm. that was my first video um, on my other channel. And then on the new channel, you could still scroll down and see it. It's... um. <laughs> an omegle i think that's how you say it video oh my god yeah it's very (laughs) embarrassing too and i look like literally a child um but those were my two first videos and like they're very like different and out of my comfort zone but it was because like even though i was really shy i had like this like quirky side to me that like no one except like my family saw so i was like oh like let me just post this i don't think anyone's gonna see it people ended up finding it um no. yeah so that wasn't the fun. worst feeling yeah at that age that's like yeah. the worst thing yeah. yeah um but at the end of the day I was like I'm just gonna do this I needed I needed somewhere to express like a side that like people didn't see of me so I guess I just turned to YouTube because I was like I would watch like Lo Anthony and like Andrea Russett like those are the people I was watching when I was younger and I was like they look like so fun I want to be like them so like I started posting like that and it was more like an outlet like I just needed to express myself so like I did have videos that talked about like social anxiety and like depression and stuff like that but more in like a light-hearted way um just because I didn't mm-hmm. didn't really have anyone to talk to about those things so that's where I went to I love that I think that's also I imagine that you almost didn't realize at the time that that's why you started or that's what you were doing and now it's mm-hmm. like reflecting back oh you needed to, yeah yeah when people found it Mm-hmm. how did you because I I know I like now it's it's like oh who cares yeah. if people find it but at the time it was probably such a huge deal especially oh, yeah. at that age so also how old were you I'm um, 16 so what is that like high school yeah it was okay. like for us it's like the year uh, the year before you graduate high school okay oh yeah we're wow. different okay here. yeah <laughs> yeah so when people when people found it mm-hmm. how did you have the courage to get past that and any fear you had around Mm -hmm. that and keep going? Was it like, okay, the band-aids ripped off and it wasn't that bad, so let's keep going? Like, how did you get past that and then end up being so into self-promotion and starting Mm -hmm. even more businesses and all of that? Like, what's – Yeah. How did you do that? Um, So in high school, when people found it, they mocked me in the halls. So that's how that went. Um, And because, like like I said, it was my last year of high school – I stopped everything, which I wish I didn't, but I did. I stopped everything. I was like, this is not for me. People are going to make fun of me. I don't want to do it. So I stopped. And then come turning 17. So in Montreal, we have something called CJEP. It's in between high school and um, university. So I went to CJEP. And then I was like, you know what? Like, I really want to start my YouTube channel again. Like, I don't know any of these people. They don't know me. Like, this is like the perfect time. So then I restarted. And then at that point, people were still like, oh, like, that's kind of weird. But it was also becoming like everyone was watching YouTube. So like, oh, that's kind of cool. So, yeah, unfortunately, I stopped the first time around because I just like didn't want to deal with people talking about me. Um, And then I decided that, you know what, I don't really care anymore what people think about me. And nowadays, like, it's 2021 and everyone has a YouTube channel at this point. Everyone. (laughs) Yeah. It's crazy. It's, like, not even a weird, confusing thing anymore. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it happened so quick. Yeah. Because when I started, it was still – I don't think, like, 
my friends were like watching YouTube or anything mm-hmm. yet. And that was only like three years ago at this point. So I feel like it turned around so quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And like now like everyone's like talking about every YouTuber and like it's so funny because I'm like I knew those people when they first started out. Well, I don't know, I know them, but like kind of I knew of them. Yeah. And I'm like now I'm like, you I like miss them. the day. I know. And I'm like, I miss the days where like I was really the only one mm-hmm. doing it. And like, I mean, I am still the only one in like my circle of friends that I Same. know and everything. But like, it was cool to sort of have like, which we still do have our own thing in our own community. But now social media, it's just like everyone wants to be an influencer in some way, yeah. shape or form where you can't really tell who's doing it out of passion and who's doing it out of like, Mm-hmm. Oh, guess I'll do this now because I don't want to have a nine to five. I feel at one point you can kind of tell, um, like who's doing it because they like it and who's doing it for like yeah, the views and stuff. Because like, I feel like there's some people that will only post trendy videos, but like that's it. Like they don't have anything else that like shows who they are other yeah. than those type of videos. Which like whatever, do what you want. But I feel like like us, we both. We do post like trend videos, but we also post videos that are like shows us more than rather than just a trend that's going on. So I feel like you can kind of like tell yeah. a bit or just even their personality. Even with, I mean, for the longest time, I was taking the advice of like, don't vlog yet. Like no one cares, which look, it's mm-hmm. true. No one cares. But like at the same time, if every single video, I just got to a point where I was like, every single video I'm doing is like for SEO. And I'm getting all these subscribers who, Mm -hmm. like, are here for my fitness challenges. But, like, I don't really want to do fitness challenges anymore. Like, I want to do them once in a while. So I started doing, like, productive vlogs. And when you make a pivot like that, you kind of, like, you'll see your numbers drop. Oh, yeah. But then you also, over time, see people coming in for those videos. And it's a cool – it's all this to say, like, it just can really mess with your mind. But if you're doing it out of passion, mm-hmm. like, it comes naturally and the subscribers and whatever else you want will follow. And yeah, I also wanted to talk to you about – I know you said you, you posted some videos about, like, social anxiety and whatnot. And it sounds like you were just really open from the start where, like, I was kind of doing, like, SEO stuff sort of – my mm-hmm. I always had a passion for, like, being on camera and workout classes and things like that. So I was, like – being like a personality and then I realized like wait the videos I like watching are ones where people are just giving you a real insight into like what they're really going through so I started posting more vlogs so Mm -hmm. I can speak more openly about that stuff but it sounds like you've been doing that like from the start and then you were also once you opened up about your sexuality online I feel like that's where you got a lot of popularity as well which must have been really mm-hmm. rewarding. Like it was probably such a nerve wracking thing or maybe yeah. it wasn't. You tell me. <laughs> yeah, it was like scary. Um, so fun story. Um, I came out to my parents. I filmed the video 30 minutes later and I posted it an hour later. So all on no the same way. night. Like, you know what? Was it just like a rip the band-aid yeah, situation? I was like, I'm going to do this like with my family. My family knows they're first. I'm just going to let everyone else know because I don't really care anymore. So it was scary. I was like, I don't really know what people are going to say about me because I also went to an all-girls high school. Um, so there's always like that taboo about people that go to all-girls schools. Like they're mm-hmm. all like gay. Um, so <laughs> I was like just like scared to talk about it. But I posted my first video and then I was like, hey, like let me talk a little bit more about this since like I know a bit about things. And that's when, like, I started getting more views and stuff. And it wasn't even about the views at that point. Like, I think, yeah, my most viewed video was, like, one about, like, how to come out to your parents or something. 
Um, but like the comments under them were like the most rewarding thing because it's all like even right now like people still comment on that video that's like from four or five years ago and it's all like a lot of younger people which like it's it's sad that like they can't talk to anyone else but like I'm happy to be that person that they talk to um so I don't remember what the question was I kind of just went off but I just no I asked you to just talk about it there was not really a question but that is so cool to me that Mm -hmm. you're able to be that person where like you said young people are sitting on their computers want to come out to their parents so they don't have anyone else to talk to about it because they want to tell their parents first like you and then they just start googling and youtubing and they find someone there's also people who are probably looking for someone who looks like them or can relate to them specifically and like it's so cool that you can actually be that like almost like a big sister to them and Mm -hmm. share with them your experience and help that is why being to me on youtube is so cool and that's the most rewarding part is when you can be open about something so raw and so personal and actually see it help so many other people yeah i don't know it's just like a lot of them are like 12 year olds and like they put their age like they're like I'm 12 and I'm doing through this like do you have any advice and I like try my best obviously I don't know what to say each time because some people's like situations are very like they're like oh like my parents are gonna kick me out and like I don't know what to say to that because I don't know you're not a professional Um, yeah yeah exactly but it's like it's rewarding to see like that and like helping people and yeah so I feel like you were making videos around that topic for a while and then you pivot like I feel like you've gone through some pivots Mm -hmm. so what made you sort of pivot out of that was it just like you're in a new phase in your life and like what Mm -hmm. what happened I guess I guess like yeah I just didn't want to be like I didn't want my whole channel to be like LGBT plus like just that Mm -hmm. because although it's a part of me it's not the only part of me um and I always loved, like, watching people vlog and stuff. And I was like, hey, I want to do that too. And, like, at the end of the day, like, I was talking to Natalie Barbu about this. But, like, I could still incorporate, like, LGBT plus yeah. in my vlogs. Like, like how you do. Like, you do sit down and you talk about, like, mental health sometimes. Like, you could do – I could do the same thing that way. Um, but, yeah, I just, like, didn't want to be known for just those types of videos. Because, yes, a lot of my followers actually did come from those videos. And when I pivoted, I did see, like, a – decrease and stuff but at the end of the day like if I got like really popular from just that I wouldn't be happy because I'd only have to like basically be making those videos to like sustain the channel and stuff and I didn't want to do that and like at the end of the day there's also only so much you can talk about on the topic so I didn't want to keep making the same videos so I was like you know what like I'm just gonna pivot and I haven't made a video like that in a while I've wanted to but I just like haven't come around to doing it yeah I think when you when you get inspired and you think of something like it's still a part of you and you're Mm -hmm. it's not like you pivoted to like talking about phone cases like it's still (laughs) if your channel's about you and lifestyle so you can always Mm -hmm. go back to it yeah and I would actually be really interested I just a video I just sparked like how many years has it been since you came out (laughs) um maybe four or five it would be cool if you did like a video like five years since I came out like what I don't know. Like No, I know. I I would want to watch the video again, but I'm, I'm kind of like I'll probably cringe <laughs> the whole time. Um, but have you never watched it since? Like since that year? I think I've year? watched it like once and <gasps> even like what I was saying, how I was saying it, but like I remember I used like this really small light to like project my face in it and then like <laughs> The camera was wobbly. It was so, so bad. <laughs> um and I don't know. I don't remember what I said. So it's probably very cringy. You should do like a 
Q&A or like yeah. <laughs> ask in your community tab like what topic should I do because now I'm just curious like how different the two videos would be like mm-hmm. now versus oh, five years definitely ago. definitely so, so different. Like I'm, I'm probably going to go watch it now because I'm really curious what I said but I know I'm going to like cringe at myself. I want to watch it but <laughs> I'm scared. I'm scared of the light and the wobbly camera now. Oh my god, it's so bad. And like you know, like when you have like a light that's not like a good light, like, and like you can oh. see dust. Oh my god, like that type of <laughs> that type of stuff. See progress yeah, though, so, progress. It's cool. Yeah, it yeah, is cool. progress. Yeah. And on that note, actually, I would love to get into some like YouTube tips. Actually, mm-hmm. you know what? I feel like we've talked about YouTube a lot, and now I'm curious. Well, okay. We'll wrap up YouTube. I'm all over the place right now. Let's wrap up YouTube. I want to ask you, every time I have a YouTuber on, I like to ask like one mindset tip and one SEO tip. So for other people Mm -hmm. who are YouTubers or want to be a YouTuber, like what's one little confidence tip and one little like SEO growth tip? So for SEO, um, if anyone wants to help me out, please let me know because I barely understand it. (laughs) I'm trying so hard. But I think a lot of the things that have helped me was like the hashtags I would use because sometimes I would use the most generic hashtags. So it's like, oh, like, I guess this is what you're supposed to use or tags. I I think they're called tags. Um, Yeah, I was going to say hashtags have helped you. Okay, tags. Um, I think, yeah, I would use like the most generic ones. Like I would be like in the tags, I would put like lifestyle and like that's it. Like no one, no one's gonna find my video yeah. from that. So yeah, I feel yeah. like having more um, specific tags for your videos can help. I think it's helped me. I can't be a hundred percent sure if that's why some of my videos got like more views and stuff. Yeah. But I think changing the way that you tag your videos, um, and then for confidence, I guess like I don't know if this is a confidence tip, but just be yourself. Honestly, at the end of the day, there's been a time on YouTube where I tried to act like different YouTubers that I would watch. And that was the worst period of my life on YouTube because it's tiring to try and be someone else every time that you post a video. And I like received more positive um, feedback when I was being more myself than when I was trying to be other people. So at the end of the day, like, yeah, you can get inspiration from people, but like don't change your whole entire personality and content to be like someone else. Yeah, I think that's so important because I think the absolute only way to stand out is to be yourself Mm -hmm. because you're literally the only person. You're the only you out there. So if you want to be different, just be you. If you're trying to copy someone else, that's not different. So, um, you know, everyone always follows that other person. They don't need Mm -hmm. a a copy of that person. You have to like try to put yourself in the viewer's shoes and like would you follow someone who was just copying someone else? No, you'd see right through it. Mm -hmm. Also, I wanted to share Lucy Fink. I don't know if she said this when she was on my podcast or on her Patreon, but she said for keywords, make it like exactly what you would type in if you were looking for that Mm -hmm. video. So just like a million different versions of like what you would be typing in so that when other people type in like that specific thing, it comes up. So that was a good tip with the tags. So I want to get into everything else that you do and like there's way too much to do a deep dive into every single one of your little businesses. Honestly, you'll have to do a part two and come back on. But I want to talk about like how you stay productive, how you deal with burnout, like everything Mm -hmm. that comes with all of the other avenues. I think I would assume YouTube takes up the most time because I know for me like podcasting is kind of easy. Like if people want to get into it, it's pretty easy. Like you have an hour conversation, the editing is easy and you throw it up there. (laughs) Like the marketing and the Instagram and running that stuff is, is more time consuming. But like 
to post one YouTube video. I'm doing a week in my life right now. It takes me all week to record it. Yeah, then I'm it doing takes one too. <laughs> hours and hours to edit it. And then once mm-hmm. you upload it, you have to also take an, at least an hour like for a thumbnail. And then it's also yeah. the SEO and everything. Like YouTube is crazy. So how do you deal mm-hmm. with when you're juggling everything you're doing, feeling burnout? Because I know just as your friend, we've spoken about this before and I know you definitely deal with it. Yeah. So I've had – a few cases where I was like completely burnt out and I was like, I don't want to do anything anymore. I got myself out of it, obviously. Um, But what I've learned through that is that I need to give myself at least once a week or like half of a day to do absolutely nothing revolved around school, YouTube, podcasting, my job, like nothing. Just like literally lay in bed if I want to and like not think about anything. Um, So I call them like mental health days because I need them. Um, And at first, when I first started doing them, I was like, oh, my God, like, I could be doing everything else. Like, I'm just sitting here doing nothing. But now it just feels good to, like, not have to do anything. Um, So that's, like, my number one thing. Like, give yourself – if you can't give yourself a full day, give yourself either a full morning or a full evening to, like, do nothing. That I know, like, some people, like, they say, like, oh, YouTube isn't my job. It's just, like, there. But, like – It's work. It's work. It's hard work. Like, at the end of the day, like, it's work. Um, So – just like leaving yourself time to do nothing revolved around work was super important, something that I didn't realize I needed to do. And like I started doing that and it's really helped so far. I completely agree with that. I think everyone has their own personal way of doing it. But mm-hmm. when I hit like a huge point of burnout, like a year after the – a year into the pandemic, I was just trying to push myself and push myself and guilt myself all the time. Mm-hmm. And then when I just took a full day to literally do nothing but lie on my ass and watch reality TV, yeah. I felt so much better. And I was like, I could have mm-hmm. done this weeks ago. Like now when I feel even just the tiniest bit burnt out or like too exhausted at the end of the day to edit that video I said I would, I just don't edit it. Like I try yeah. not to let myself get to that huge burnout point because then it just lasts Mm-hmm. way too long so yeah. I think that's really good advice to take like every week at least a night a half a day or whatever it is to have yourself a mental health mm-hmm. day I love that tip yeah yeah that's like the main thing that's helped me so then when you're not lying down to take your mental health day how are you organizing mm-hmm. your life I live on google calendar can you give us like mm-hmm. your tips to how you're juggling five different things at once and still getting it all done yeah <laughs> yeah so I have a google calendar also which I live by because if I didn't have that I'd forget so many things um so on my google calendar I mainly use it for like work purposes so like if I have podcast interviews what videos are going up what podcast um episodes are going up uh, when I have my part-time job work like all those things I use my google calendar for and then I use a physical planner for school stuff. So I kind of separated it a bit because if I had everything on one thing, I think I would yeah, that's smart. get very anxious about it. Um, so that's – I like – I don't know how I lived life without a Google Calendar before. I really just don't know how I did it. I don't think I could do it on a physical planner at this point. Like I used to like that yeah. for school too. But with – especially with content creation like and podcast interviews and stuff, like you need to be able to move it around and mm-hmm. like yes, ours exactly <laughs> we rescheduled like four times and you need to be able to just do mm-hmm. it in a click of a button and also yeah. be able to just see things by day and not like yeah because when I look at my month sometimes by accident I'm like whoa <laughs> oh my gosh yeah <laughs> so yeah it's a yeah lot. it's definitely like google calendar and day by day I think you me and a bunch of other content creators would agree with that because 
there's I just don't see any other way I I have yet to hear someone who does it in any other way (laughs) I don't know it's like it's also like so accessible it's attached to like most like I think most like um emails you can attach it to yeah same your phone your computer too like you can it's so easy I I also before we go into the ending segment I do want to talk about the podcast just for a, a bit because something I think you would give great advice on is I feel like you're really good about like shooting your shot and for someone who used to be so shy like Mm -hmm. you get huge influencers on your podcast you you I mean you could share a little bit about what your podcast is and like what the kind of guests kinds of guests you have on and then I'd love to talk about like how you get the confidence to just ask and just pitch them and just dm them because I think it like stops people on their tracks and they're Mm -hmm. like oh I can't start a podcast because who would even come on but like you're a great example of like you just have to shoot your shot and then I feel like the more you have good guests on or everyone's good you know what I mean the more you have yeah the bigger names exactly like guests with the larger following on Mm -hmm. you you sort of have to leverage that when you're pitching other guests so would love to talk about that yeah so yeah I've had some pretty bigger guests like I've had Remy on my podcast I've had Kenzie Elizabeth Brooke Michio I feel like I'm forgetting people like Taylor King like I've had like bigger names compared to myself um and (laughs) the biggest one that shocked me was Remy I didn't even like email her anything I literally just tell the story yeah I I went on Twitter one night and it was like midnight and I was like oh like I want to have Remy on my podcast so I tweeted like at Miss Remy Ashton and I was like manifesting having you on the podcast one day and then I went to bed and then I woke up and I saw that she DM'd me. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, I don't want to open it. I'm scared. And then I opened it and she was like, hey, like I would love to have like to be on your podcast. Like let me know like what we like more details and stuff. So I was like, oh my God. And then I was like, shit. And like now I have to now I have to prepare for this. And then it was making me so nervous. But I was like, it was such a full circle moment because she was one of the YouTubers that I watch like at the very beginning when I started like doing YouTube and stuff so to like have someone on that like I've been watching for a long time has been really fun and I mean like Remy is huge and so many people know her um so having her on the podcast was was something it was really fun um but at the end of the day like like there's some people that I've messaged that are bigger and they never answered me and that's okay and there's some people that said no and there's some people that will say yes. Yeah. So at the end of the day, like the worst thing they'll tell you is no. And like then you just move on. But I don't think like I think Remy, I'm the only like <clears throat> the only person she's been on the only podcast that she's been on that she wasn't like friends with them wow. type of vibes. Because I tried to look because like before I record I'm like, okay, I want to hear like other podcasts she's been on. Yeah. And I couldn't find any that were like not like Lauren. Her friends. Yeah. And, like, yeah. yeah. I was like, oh my god. So then I got even more stressed because like this is like the first like random podcast she's been on. But it, I also felt like good about myself because like, okay. Yeah, you know. of course. Um, Yeah. So just shoot your shot. Do it. Did that one do well? It did. It did. And everyone was like, oh my god. Like people I didn't even talk to like in high school were like, oh my god, like so cool. Like are you going to meet up with her after? I was like, first of all, no. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. No. Um, But second of all, like. <laughs> manifest it <laughs> yeah so it was it was it was fun when you finally interviewed her like okay I consider myself a confident person oh and like I truly 
don't get mm-hmm. nervous over podcasts anymore. Like it's pretty casual for me until I have someone that I'm like, oh my God, I literally watch them every single day mm-hmm. and like have to try to play it cool and like have a conversation with them. There are some people that I have yet to reach out to, which is very unlike me in my opinion, like because I agree with you, shoot your shot, be confident. But like I have yet to reach out to because I'm scared they're going to say yes and I'm going to have – I think I know who you're talking about. I think we spoke about this on my podcast. Is it Lauren Elizabeth? Lauren (laughs) Elizabeth. (laughs) (laughs) There are certain people that – I think it's actually just her, Mm -hmm. you're right – because anyone else, I feel like I just know that they won't answer me, but like, and she probably won't either, but just in know. case, like, you never know. And I just haven't reached out mm-hmm. yet because I'm so scared that she's going to say yes. Yeah. How do you deal with the nerves of putting yourself out there, I guess? Let's, let's, yeah, so let's make it a little larger. It was, I literally was like, oh my God. I went to get a coffee. Don't know why, because that like probably would make me more anxious. I dropped the coffee all over my desk five minutes before we had to record. And I was like, I am going to cry. I cleaned it up so fast. So then I got on the Zoom call. And I was like, okay, there's so much adrenaline now because oh like everything's happening. So that kind of like pushed me through it. But I told her the story and then like she was like laughing about it. And she's like, it's okay. Like I'm just like a person. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I know. But like, you know, like you're not just a person <laughs> to me. Um, <laughs> so the first like two, three minutes, I was like really nervous. And I think you could tell in my voice. But then afterwards, like she – I think we like vibed well, which like helped. Um, and she yeah. was just like really nice. And like she – like I'm always scared that like – I didn't think she was going to be this way, but, like, with bigger creators, sometimes I'm, like, I'm scared that, like, they think they're better than me because I don't, like, I don't mm-hmm. want to feel that when I'm talking to someone, and I didn't feel that at all with her. I just felt like I knew her, even though I didn't, really. Um, I just knew. Yeah. That's so amazing. I don't even know how I got through that. I just, like, pushed through it, and then once you're in it, you're in it. And, like, even for Taylor King, like, we became friends – before she was like this bigger creator like she had like 9k on instagram like i found her and then i started talking to her and like we became friends through that but i was so freaking scared to like talk to her because when i interviewed her she was in alicia's house and i was like no i'm not okay (laughs) that she yeah she went in alicia's closet and like did it in there and i was like i'm not okay so like (laughs) I took a shot before, <laughs> which I know maybe not recommended, but I that's I like love that. just helped. You heard it here first. It. Yes. You yeah. heard it here first. Confidence <laughs> tip. Just take a shot. Yeah. Just take a I shot. mean, and then she told me that when she interviewed Lauren Elizabeth, she took a shot. So I was like, you know no what? Way. I guess this is what everyone does. Wait, that's so cute. Oh my yeah, God. I'm going to, so. if I ever interview Lauren Elizabeth, just take a shot. I'm going to FaceTime you and take a shot. Yes. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> Love it. Okay. Well, basically, to bring it all full circle, mm-hmm. it does sound like putting yourself in situations like that and everything is what has helped you build confidence, yeah. like just putting yourself out there. And yeah. I can totally relate to that. Okay. Well, I could probably talk to you all day because obviously <laughs> we're just, we could talk about this stuff all day. But let's go into the ending segment fun facts and favorites. What is your morning routine? My morning routine. I don't know why. I feel like I'm sick, but I'm not. Okay. My morning routine. <laughs> my morning routine is usually I get up <laughs> and I just lay there for like five minutes because I'm like, I don't want to get up. And then I end up getting up. And most times I like, I would do journaling in the morning. I try to not like scroll on social media right when I wake up. Sometimes I do because I just do it. Um, but I try and like journal in the morning and then I make out like a yeah. small to-do list and then I usually do some skincare stuff and then 
I go on my phone. So it's not a very detailed morning routine, but that's usually what I do every morning. Yeah. It sounds like you have like a consistent routine though, actually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I feel like routine just is good for me. Yeah. I think when you balance so many things and every day looks different, you need something in the morning to just be consistent and easier the rest of your day. So I can relate with that. Okay, what is your favorite or a few favorites, if that's too hard, YouTube channel? Okay, so um, I like Elena Tabor. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's how you say Elena her name. Tabor. Yeah, 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 see, I don't even Love. know how to say it. Um, <laughs> um, I also like Ellie Thuman. Um, do you know her? No. Okay. Um, she's. I think she's younger than us. She's like nineteen or twenty. I don't really know her age. Um, but she's, like, a model, but she, like, posts a lot of travel videos, and she's very, like, open about her mental health, too, so I like her. Um, I like Remy. I like Alicia. I kind of stopped watching them for a little bit, and then now I started watching them again, because they had, like, that period where they were still, like, doing videos about, like, high school stuff mm-hmm. when they were full-grown adults, and, like, they finally made that, like, change, which is, like, super cool to see, like, the evolution um who else do I like I like a lot of smaller creators like from like the patreon that we're both in like I just like watching like people that I've never seen before um but yeah if I had to pick top my favorite one right now actually it would be Lauren Giraldo right now never heard of her either never heard of her oh my god she was on vine she started on vine she was princess Lauren um yeah I like her you should check her out she has fun videos I will What's interesting is for Remy and Alicia, I honestly never, never, ever watched them. Mm-hmm. My friend told me during the pandemic, like, go check out Rem Life. She has the best vlogs. Found her. And then I knew of Alicia Marie from, like, the school days. Mm-hmm. But I found, like – and I knew Lore DIY just from podcasts yeah. and stuff. But I f- actually discovered their channels and started watching them in the pandemic when they all, like you said, made that huge yeah. pivot. And now they're all just so cool and relatable, yeah. but also like their production level is so oh my gosh incredible. Yeah. But they're still being like vloggy and relatable, so mm-hmm. I'm all of a sudden like into their channels too. <laughs> okay, favorite podcasts. Okay, I'm needing my thing. I'm taking my podcast thing out because okay, sometimes I forget people's. I know like their names, but I forget what their podcast. I get is it. Called. Yeah. Um. Okay. So I listen to the real, 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 real by Natalie. Um, don't get it twisted by Taylor Woods. Um, I like true crime stuff, so I listen to I think yeah, Crime Junkie. Um, I like Emma Chamberlain's podcast. I don't remember what it's called, and I don't see it here right now. Anything goes with Emma <laughs> Chamberlain. Um, mm-hmm. so I like like a lot of different ones. It's kind of like, do you know like I Weigh with Jamila Jamil? No. Okay, she interviews some more like celebrity people, but it's cool to like hear celebrities on like. A platform that we're on to, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a more personal mm-hmm. level, just talking like candidly. Yeah. yeah, and then I also like Pretty Basic, obviously, and then um, Crazy Stupid Fan Girls. So those are just a few of them. Oh, they were on Pretty Basic, right? That's how I found them, I think. Crazy I think, Stupid, yeah. yeah. I mean, I knew I knew of Elle Mills because she's from Ottawa, which is like mm-hmm. right next to Montreal. Um, and I would watch all her videos and then now she's – I love the YouTube world. It's so fun. Okay. I could literally talk about this stuff all day. Okay. When do you feel your happiest? When traveling. And I realized that during the pandemic when I haven't been able to travel, I was like, I'm not doing well. Like I need to 
like I don't even need to go far at this point. Like I just need to go somewhere that's not Montreal. Um, so yeah, I relate to that because yesterday I was doing Scout Sobel's new workbook book, The Emotional mm-hmm. Entrepreneur, and she like said write three down three moments in your life that were like fulfilling and whatnot. And every single one of them was when I was traveling, and I was like, oh, <laughs> there's a pattern here. So I relate yeah. to that. Okay, what would be your last meal on earth? A burrito bowl from um. Well, we don't really have, like, the basics in Montreal. Like, we don't have any, like, Chipotle or stuff like that here. Really? Yeah. I know. Have you ever had Chipotle? Yeah, I have. I have. Whenever I go, like, somewhere that has it, I get it. Um, Yeah. But there's a place in Montreal that's called Tejano. I think that's how you say it. So I would get it from there because that's the only places we have. Okay. Where can the people find you? Yeah, so you could follow me on Instagram. Um, Honestly, all my social medias are just It's Amanda Wan. And then my podcast is Behind the Girl Boss. So if you go on my Instagram. And shout out your candles. Oh yeah, my can- I keep forgetting about my candles. I know. Um, you do. I haven't made them in a minute. I'm making them this weekend. So anyways, um, my candles are Wan Candles and you could find them on Etsy. Okay. Yeah. You have the best, best, best social media platform. So everyone follow and I will talk to you soon. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I would so appreciate it if you could take a moment to rate, review, and definitely subscribe so that you don't miss another insightful episode. You can also engage with the community on the Dare to Self Care podcast Instagram, so definitely join us all there, and I will see you guys next week. Bye!